0: Now, we've been camped in the book of Joshua for the last while, a couple of months, in a series called the Joshua chapter, Courage from Heaven. Prophetically, as a church, we feel that the Lord has been using the timeless truths from Scripture, which is the story of God leading Joshua and the people of Israel into the promised land to inject and to inspire courage within our community. And we're beginning to see the fruit of it. It's an ongoing journey, but we're beginning to see these no we've seen signs all the way along, but sometimes the Lord calls you into a particular time to go after to go after courage and this courage that He's imparting is not mustered from within, but it's provided from God and it's from heaven and it's courage for God's purposes. it's not courage for the sake of courage, it's courage to press into what the Lord has. So the Lord's calling us into a season of courage and change as the church expands across the city and as we move from becoming one one church, one site, to one church, two locations. And today we're just looking at the journey that God has us on. And as, as we start, I want to mention the final few verses in chapter 24 of the book of Joshua. So if you've got your Bibles, why don't you grab them? If you've got your phones, you can use that. If not, it's going to come up on the screen behind me. I spoke about this last week. Joshua is a really old man and he's speaking to the nation for one last time. He's gathered them all together, the elders and the leaders. and He said, come together. This is, this is my message for you. As I pass on to, to go and be with the Lord, then he's passing at the end of his life. He's gathered them all together for one last time. And this is his final encouragement to them. And so earlier in the chapter, he's been reminding them of the incredible, the story of how they've reached the point that they've had, how they've been rescued from Egypt, how they've come into the wilderness, how God's created miracle and done miracle after miracle through the Jordan River, into the land. They've conquered these other nations, seven different nations in front of them, and one by one, they've taken them down. They've stormed through Jericho, which is a fortified city, and he's just saying, this is, this is our history. This is our God's story. And so we pick it up in verse 14, where he says this, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if the serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me... And my household, we will serve the Lord. I talked about this word serve last week because I think it's a word that can be used so often within the language of a church. Just need to serve, we need to do this and that. But what does serve actually mean? Serve means to listen to the Lord's voice and to obey what he says. And so Joshua's putting his stake into the ground. He's saying, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. But what's really interesting is a couple of people came to me this week and almost prophetically they said, James, what you preached on was great last week. Sorry, it wasn't that they were having a go at me or even trying to big me up. But they, and then they said, but it's really interesting what it says in the next few verses. I was like, oh, maybe this is. And, and because I had a couple of people who I really trust come to me and say this, I was like, oh, I, I need to. I need to listen to this. This is something that I think the Lord wants to say prophetically. And so we come down to verse 16. And this is what happens between the difference between the individual household. As for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. So as for me and the people around me, we're going to serve the Lord. And then he goes on to talk about them as a community and as a people. Something much bigger. He brings them all in. Then the the people answered... Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God Himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled, and the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because He's our God. Joshua said to the people, You're not able to serve the Lord. It's a bit harsh. Can you imagine, turning around, you're not able to serve the Lord, what are you talking about? He is a holy God, he is a jealous God, he will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he's been good to you. Joshua's Joshua's just saying, do not take this lightly. What you're saying, we will serve the Lord. Don't just say, oh yes, we're going to serve the Lord. He's like, make sure that you mean what you say. If you're committing before the Lord to serve him, make sure that you really mean it. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said, you're a witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. In this moment, it's called the covenant at this point, but yes, we're, we're witnesses, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. Three times this happens. When something happens three times in scripture, we really need to take notice. It's very important. So three times they come back. So this moves from, as for me and my household, which is important, to we as a people will serve the Lord. So what happens in this moment is it becomes the story of the people, not just the individual. And everybody buys in. The Lord speaks to individuals and we live in an individual culture, don't we? We just do. Everything's so individual. You've walked in here as an individual. Do you realise that if you're part of this community, that you're part of something bigger? That you're part of the people of God in this church, that you're part of a family? Our community, when we have prophetic words, sometimes we have prophetic words over a community for a people that's bigger than us. And that's so important. And our journey, our community has a journey that the Lord is taking us on. We are not just individuals. We are wrapped up in something bigger than ourselves. We have stories of provision and guidance. We have stories of how the Lord has spoken and led us into the next season. And he's leading us again into a new chapter. This is our story. This is not mine and Jen's story. And we're standing here going, oh, let's, you, let's tell you our story. No, this is, this is our, this is our story. It's bigger than that. And this evening, we want to share this new chapter with you because it's our story. We want to remind you of what the Lord has done and where we believe he's taking us and that you would get to experience and to be a part of this together. That we will serve the Lord. It's not just me and my household. That as a people, we will serve the Lord because the the Lord has purposes for this church, for this community, for us that's bigger than us. And we get to do that in community and family. And that's a beautiful thing, Jen.
1: I wanted to spend a little bit of time telling you a little bit about this story, this journey that we've been on, as James said. And in some senses, I can see a lot of similarities be- between the, the people of the Israelites as they've been, sort of, they've been going on their journey. We've been reading this book of Joshua and prior to that, actually, we looked at Exodus and we looked at how they wandered across the desert for many years under Moses. And that was earlier last year. And in some senses, this is, this is a different chapter for us, it's a different story for us, but there are some similarities in that it was one of growth, and one of movement, and one of identity galvanising, and that certainly has been the journey that God's taken us on as a people over the last almost 10 years, and will be 10 years in September, when we really step into this new chapter that God's leading us into. So, just to draw you back, um, we many of you will know that James and I and there was 18 of us and two children and two in the womb when we came to Cardiff and um, and we didn't we didn't know what this was going to look like we didn't know that in 10 years time we'd be here and this is where we would be talking to everyone about where God was leading us but we just knew that God had spoken and asked us, we listened and we'd felt like God was saying this is where I want you to be, this is where I want you to establish a church for me and very much the heartbeat behind this church was seeing the lost come home. That was certainly my story and that was one of the reasons why I really understood why church planting was such a significant way of seeing people come to faith because I've Obviously, for many of you who will know my story, it was John and Debbie Wright who planted a church in, in Nottingham, Trent Vineyard, that I was brought along to as a first-year student and just encountered God and went on a journey of faith. And I always look back and go, gosh, if they hadn't done that, if they hadn't planted that church in Nottingham, then I might not have the rela- a relationship with my creator, my father. And so for me, that or for us even, that passion for church planting, and for seeing the the church of God expand really in various different ways has been really part of the whole journey for us. And for us, it's always been about the lost. It's been about coming and establishing a community that would see people come to faith, that would see people grow in faith, that would see people rise up and get to know Jesus better and live out their lives more fully. So back in 2008, September 2008, so we're nearly 10 years now, we, uh, we met in the Millennium Stadium in a box overlooking the pitch. There was about 40, 45 of us there. It was rammed and we were like, oh, we booked it for two weeks in faith. We weren't sure how long we would be in this box overlooking the pitch of the Millennium Stadium, which was like literally the coolest venue in history. Um, but we were full from the first week. And so we were like, we're going to have to find somewhere else. So very much a little bit. Like the Israelites in some senses, we moved. We moved locations and we moved to the city, the, um, the city Hall, which is a really, really strange venue to be meeting in church with a huge picture of Prince Charles overlooking us as we worshipped and a little secret toilet for the Queen should she ever come and visit, which I always made a point of parking my bottom on whenever I could, just so that I could say that my bottom had sat where the Queen's bottom had. <laughs> It's one of my wish lists right there. And, uh, and we lasted a few months there, and then we moved on to the Grape and Olive Park, which is now sadly shut, I've noticed. Yeah, sad times. in down in the centre of Cardiff, and then we spent a couple of years, actually in Cardiff City Football Stadium, which was a wonderful venue. it was so shiny and new and had incredible parking and had this beautiful view of this perfectly mown lawn, which obviously is a football pitch, but I like to think of it as a lawn because I'm not a great football fan. Um, And the parking was great and we had great room for the kids. In fact, you know, kids running around here and it creates havoc. Well, they had so much space, you could hardly hear them, which was joyous. (laughs) Um, But we were obviously growing And we didn't fill it, of course we didn't fill it, but Cardiff City Football Stadium started to do really well when we moved in. And I think it was just, you know, the blessings of the Lord on Cardiff City football team. And of course they did so well that they flipping got promoted to the premiership, which meant we lost our Sunday venue. So we were like, God, not that well. Come on. (laughs) Because obviously they were meeting on the Sundays. And so we were at a point, about I think about four or five years ago where we were like my goodness me this is this is going to be quite tricky for us because we're going to literally lose our Sunday venue and we really had looked at as many different places across this city as possible and we had certain uh, factors that we we wanted to see in a venue we needed it to be big enough we needed it to have space for the kids church to be we wanted it to be accessible um, and it had to cost the right amount of money for us to afford it. And so we really had scoured over these number of years, all the different possibilities in this city. Um, And one of the places that we had come occasionally when the Cardiff City football uh, stadium had not been available to us was here at the gate. Uh, but we had always been told, because this was this perfect, perfect venue, but we'd asked on multiple occasions, is it, would it ever be possible for us to come and meet as a church community here on a regular Sunday basis? And we were, had always been told many, many times, a church will never meet here regularly on a Sunday. You can have it very occasionally, but this is not going to be a church. Um, but the amazing thing was, just at this point where we were starting to be like, oh my goodness, crying out for the Lord, because obviously we are the church, you know, I think that's the great thing sometimes about not owning your own building is that it really does emphasise that the people are the church. We are the church. We are what makes the church heartbeat. We what carry the the values of the kingdom. It's not the buildings, it's not the bricks and mortar. That's just the tent. That's the fabric and the canvas that the people are in. Um, But we were just there going, Lord, we do need to meet somewhere. Please, please, please come through. And James and I were on a a little break. We went to see some family who live in London. And we went to a church while we were there, another vineyard church, and while we were in this service, the church leader came up to us and went, I've got a couple of prophetic words for you I'd like to share. One of them, he said, was, you are going to receive some significant news about the future of your church this week. And we were like, well, that's bizarre, because we're on holiday. It's not like we're going to any meetings. It's not like we're sort of having any intentional meetups with people. But we sort of held that and thought, well, this is really interesting. A few days later, we were... On a train, spend a lot of time on trains in London, don't you? Getting places. And James gets this phone call from the gate saying, Now, you know, we, we always said that we would never have a church meet regularly on a Sunday in the gate. And we've said no to you a number of times. Actually, things have changed a little bit. Would you still be interested in meeting regularly on a Sunday as your regular church booking? And we were suddenly like, oh, Yes. Of course we would, of course we would. And almost out of like God had primed us that this was going to be a significant piece of news that he was going to give us, so it was from him. And it was at a time that we'd really been crying out, Lord, we need, to, we need, a, need a place as a people to meet. And so it just felt like God's grace and God's kindness to prophetically confirm it and then to give us what we as a community needed at that time. And of course we moved in a few months later and some of you may or may not remember the words that I was given the Sunday before we moved in, the, the Friday before we moved into here for the first Sunday as we started our journey of having our Sunday meetings here as a community. So I was at the National Leaders Conference in Nottingham in the January, and this lady who doesn't really know me at all, doesn't really know the church at all, had never been to the church in Cardiff, uh, and she, didn't had, she had no idea of the, sort of the journey that we were on, and the questions that we were asking, or things that we were doing. She came up and she was like, Jen, I've got this prophetic word I'd just love to share with you. I don't really know what it means, but I feel like the Lord is saying that the gate will open wide enough for all the people I'm going to bring. And I was like, oh, we are literally, this Sunday moving the church into the regular Sunday venue called The Gate. That is amazing. And I think I hugged her. And I think she was a little bit surprised. (laughs) Um, Wailing banshee. And uh, So for us, it felt like a really significant move as a church. It's wonderful, wonderful when, as a leader, you, you sort of, trying to make decisions all the time. You're just really hoping that you're doing the right thing and you're really seeking out, Lord, you know, because it's not our vision. It's God's vision for this church. And we don't want to do anything that God isn't directing us to do or asking us to do. And so it is a sweet, sweet thing when God says this is what i want you to do and it's very very clear and so we were just overjoyed as we stepped into this amazing venue of the gate i mean i think i remember when we first came round when we were looking at different options as a sit in the city this is way before this is when we'd been told we'd never be able to meet here and i remember sitting up there and just thinking ah oh, just this should be a church this should have worship in it. And, and even the few times that we'd come on the odd occasion in the, in the, in the weeks where we'd lost the city stadium, and I always felt like the worship was louder. I always felt like the bricks were, were, had been placed there to worship and that the bricks were worshipping with us. And that might sound really strange to you, but I always felt like, ah, oh, this church longs, this building longs to have worship back in it again. So it was a beautiful thing stepping and leading our community back, well, not back into, but into this place. And it's been a wonderful, wonderful place to grow this church and just to see people come to faith, people grow in faith, people get healed. It's just, that's what you live for when you're leading a church. Uh, But, however, a couple of years ago, we started to realise that we had a little bit of a problem on our hands as as the senior leadership team, because we were growing, which is what you want, But we were starting to realise that we were filling in terms of filling up in the capacity, particularly in the morning, particularly in the kids' church. And um, we knew that if we kept on growing as a church at, at the rate that we were going, which was gradual, not ridiculous, but gradual growth, that in a couple of years' time, we were going to hit a point where we would not have enough space to literally fit in either people or children in the in the kids' church, and that was a big, big issue, or would become a big, big issue for us, because can you imagine? Um, I remember coming to church for the first time, and it takes courage to come, so some of you might be here for the first time, some of you have only come along to church in the last year or so and you can probably still remember that first time that you came and you probably felt very nervous and what what am I gonna how are people gonna treat me and and what what is it going to be like and am I gonna find it weird or is it I'm gonna feel like an outsider and you have all these sort of thoughts and am I gonna be accepted and are they gonna you know it takes courage to get to church for the first time. That's what I'm trying to say. But can you imagine having built up that courage? Maybe someone invited you and you coming in and there being nowhere to sit and, the, and there's no room at the inn. Can you imagine if you had kids and you were taking your kids to church and you were like, right, we're going to get back into church again or my friends invited me and I'm going to get to church and I'd, I'd quite like to explore who Jesus is and you took your kids into the kid's church and they're like, oh, I'm really sorry, we're full. And you'd be like, right, it could be your last time, couldn't it? It could be the last time, your first and your last. And that for us as, as church leaders would be the worst thing that could ever happen in a church. That there's no room at the inn for the new people, for the people that don't know Jesus, for the kids that don't know Jesus. I can imagine if you'd brought someone along, you'd been praying for your friend or your colleague or your neighbour, your family member for years and years and finally they said they'd come with you, but there was no room at the inn oh gutting and so for us we were like we need to make sure that that never ever happens in this community because this church is not a club it is a church that exists for those yet to come it's a church where we want to see this you know we want to see this city restored and this nation transformed and so for us not Having space is not an option, so we started to think about well, what are our options? What would our options be? There was the six of us in the room—the Gilberts and the Meads and me and James—and we were like, well, one, a, we could we could just settle and just be like, well, tough luck, no room at the inn, and that's and that's where we'll get to. This will be our capacity, and that's that's just it. Or we could start looking at potential sites across the city to purchase or lease some land, to build a a venue, Um, and that's certainly, for us coming from Nottingham at Trent Vineyard, that's the journey that we had been on with with the church in Nottingham that grew, in that we gave, all all gave sacrificially, financially, to purchase a bit of land, to buy a a large warehouse that kept on getting bigger and bigger actually, because the church kept growing and filling it, and it just felt like it was go-go gadget Trent again and again and again. Um, so that was one option that we we just discovered there was there. And the other option was to explore the possibility of going multiple, have having multiple sites of the same church. Uh, and we had a couple of friends who we got to know recently who lead a vineyard church in Aberdeen, Aberdeen City Church. Fantastic church, amazing leaders. And they, we'd been sort of picking their brains a little bit because they had as I say, we hadn't ever been on the journey of multi-site where we'd come from, so it was a whole new way of doing church, a growing church. And so we were asking them about, well, what does that look like? What does that mean? How does that even work? Because that's not been our, our history, our journey. So those were our three options, as far as we saw it, really. Number one, actually, was crossed off immediately. Because settling is just not in God's DNA. It's not in our DNA. Can you imagine if the disciples had settled and gone, I think we've got enough churches now. A bit tired, fed up of being persecuted. Think we're done? It just. Well, you and I certainly wouldn't be standing here this evening and the whole world would not be hearing the joy of Jesus. Lord, let it happen more. Um, but so settling is just not an option for us. So cross that off immediately. Number two, uh, as we looked at it, there was... Probably, you know, as we looked at how much this would cost, it would probably cost about two million pounds. That's something that we, as a church, would have to raise between us. We're not, so uh, we're not a church denomination or movement where money is just given to you or buildings are given. If you do get a building, it is raised from within the community who sacrificially give. And, and I said that James and I and, and the Meads were also part of that when we were in Nottingham, um, giving, giving and pledging for, for the buildings there. Um, and uh, and also looking at where there might be land options available in the city, and actually a lot of them seem to be quite outside the centre. And for us, one of the values has always been accessibility. So we didn't really want, we never really want to be a church where you could only get there if you had a car. That's just immediately exclusive to people who travel on foot or need public transport. So we looked at these different options and we, as a group, we were like, you know, we don't feel really precious, particularly about either n- number two or number three, but more than anything, what we need to know is that God is, is directing us to the right option. Because if, you, if you're if you going to ask people to sacrificially give, you really know, need to know that God is in it. If we were going to take our whole staff team, our whole church on this journey of multi-site, which... Let me tell you, the more we've looked at it and we've done a lot of sort of thinking and planning, don't worry, because we obviously are doing it, don't worry, we have done a lot of the thinking. It's complex. It's really complex and there's, there's costs to it. So we needed to know that God was in whichever option he, uh, uh, we were going to go for. And, and really, that's the most important thing. If, if God had said one, either of them, Well, he did, clearly. Uh, Whichever one God had said, we would have stepped into it. Because when God speaks, you just trust. I was reading a little bit this morning, actually, about... um, I was just reminded of that story of of Mary and Joseph. And just going back to the Christmas story, of how uh, uh, Mary finds out that she's pregnant, and and the angel comes and says, Don't worry, it's all right, it's God's son. And um, he's going to come and redeem the world. Now she, she, didn't know the, she didn't know the end of the story at that point. But she had to step into it in the faith that God had spoken. And that is so much of the stories in the Bible. That, that God comes and speaks and he gives you a little whisper. Of, or a nudge or something that makes you go this is God this is the journey or this is I've got to step into this in faith but you don't ever know the full picture so at that time when you're making big decisions or you're reaching a sort of a fulcrum moment in your life when God speaks and it seems terrifying it seems daunting at least if you know God's in it you can trust and you can look forwards in faith and we we see by faith don't we not by sight so often in this walk with Jesus so we started to pray, we sat down, we prayed, and we were like, Lord, would you make it crystal clear? Would you guide us as we look at these decisions, as we, as we seek you in this? Because we don't want to go where you're not going. And so James, as I said, got together A working party to look at some of the options of building and he also uh, emailed this guy called Paul Hocking who is a well-known respected Christian leader in the city who knows a lot about buildings and property in the church in the church sort of arena and just to get his advice really his email would be great to meet up just have some questions I'd like to ask you now this was the interesting thing because James then got an email back within a day from Paul saying, and, and this is not somebody that James was in regular email contact with or saw regularly, it's quite a sort of, saw him occasionally, got this email straight back saying, oh, it's funny that you got I got your email. Um, and that's when you start to prick up your ears a little bit. You're like, hmm, this is one of those moments where it seems God is speaking. Oh, it's funny that you should email because I was literally about to email you to meet up with you. There's some stuff I want to talk about. Now, neither of them had shared via email what they were thinking and so we were like oh this sounds interesting this is pricking our ears up to that it might be a God thing and so they meet up and, and Paul's like you know as, as the trustees of the gate we've been on a journey of of working out where God wants this building because they're a godly bunch of people the trustees of the gate trust um, and they've been really seeking God as to the future of the gate, and uh, apparently, they'd sort of said that they wanted, they were offering basically for us as a, as a church, as Cardiff Vineyard, to take even more um, ownership of this community art centre, this amazing building, and to start taking over the everyday management, which was just this unexpected thing. We would just never thought that that would ever be on the cards for us as a church, and for certainly for us. Coming out of the blue, literally just as we started to pray, just as we started to go, Lord, show us and guide us. This seemed like a hand of God going, and this is what I'm going to offer you. And for us, certainly, if we were going to stay in the gate and we knew that we weren't going we to be able to grow, keep on growing numerically within this building, that was nudging us along the journey of site that in order to create that capacity for those yet to come, for those children to come, we were going to have to explore the opportunity of not being venue bound with bricks and mortar that we could keep on launching sites across the city. And so there's been other prophetic words that we've been given, but that certainly is that sort of that pivotal moment for us of going, ah, this sounds like God. It's, it's, it sounds like God. It smells like God. It looks like God. And then the more that we looked into it, uh, the more we realise that actually multi-site uh, is, fits so many of our values as a church, the things that are important to us, the things that we want to have as part of our DNA as a community. And so I'm just going to go through a couple of those. As I said earlier, this community has always been about those yet to come, the lost. We want to be an inclusive community that is outward looking, um, ready to welcome people wherever they are, however much they know Jesus or don't know Jesus, and for there to be space for those yet to come. Now, the great thing about being multi-site is that you are never venue bound, because you can always launch another site in the city. So there is always going to be space for those yet to come. Um, the other thing that is great about it is, is the greater local impact. So if you have, I, I mean, I used to work, I've worked in different locations all across the city. Um, and I think one of the things that I used to find frustrating is I'd have a conversation with someone right on the other side of the city. And it, it, you know, it does take quite a lot, as I say, remembering for me going to church for the first time. If you find out it's a 40 minute bus journey away or 40 minute, or 30 minute drive away it suddenly is a barrier because as Christians we travel don't we like some of you have not many of you but some of you certainly will have traveled this evening a good distance to get here because we're slightly nuts but people who are exploring faith for the first time are much less likely to travel a long way whereas if you're saying I'd love you to come to I'd love you to come to church with me it'd be great to to bring you along it's literally around the corner it's over there, it's, it's in that high school, it's in that community centre. You could get there in 15 minutes on foot, five minutes on bike. It suddenly sort of opens the door of accessibility and to have a more local impact. So some of our, our, our local ministries, we can do things that are outreaching to the local community where that church is actually meeting. Our compassion projects, we can start to become more local as well as as sort of as a whole church'll do compassion projects, but some of the compassion projects can be local to that local community and then be like do you want to do you want to come to church it 's literally there. The other thing that I love about it in, in the sense of those yet to come is that the bigger you get, the more lost you can actually feel so deeper community is really important in the sense that the smaller you are, the more likely you are to be able to have that family feel. You can notice when people who, who do regularly come, they're not there anymore and be like, oh, are you all right? I thought I'd give you a ring because I haven't seen you around recently. Is everything okay? But the other, other great thing is when it comes to those who are brand new to the church, it's very easy as things grow, isn't it, for, for you to just assume that everyone comes along because you don't see regular faces all the time. But if you are a, in a smaller group of people, you notice a new person the moment they walk in the door, don't you? You could be like, oh, hi. I've, I've not met you before. I've not noticed you before. Would you like a coffee? I'm Jen. Tell me your story. Who are you? Who are you? Not like that. That's a bit rude. I'd never say that. I hope. <laughs> well, you never know what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> James thought I was going to swear this morning, by the way. <laughs> nearly gave you a second rendition but I'm not going to because I wasn't going to swear it just sounded like I was going to. I would never do that. Deeper community and lastly everyone gets to play. I think one of the things, I talked about the church being the whole church and we being the church, is that, you know, when I when I came to faith, I didn't want to come and just consume Jesus and just turn up on the Sunday morning. I wanted to come and be part of something. You read the Bible and everyone's involved, aren't they? You know, you look at the early church, every, people were opening up their houses, people were, were giving, people were sharing their food, they were, they all of them were preaching on the streets and, and sort of praying for people and worshipping. It was just... If you look through scripture, it's the people. And even as we've been looking through Joshua, it's the entire clan of the Israelites who have been involved in taking the land. And I think that's the thing is that so easily church can become this consuming sort of thing that you do, you come and you attend church and you tick it off and you just, it's all about me. Whereas actually really, the heartbeat behind a really healthy community of faith is that everybody is involved. And the great thing about multiple locations is that we need more and more people to be involved. Because we need double the number of people on, in kids' church and more worshippers and more people serving and welcoming on the doors. Because we're gonna have two, well, to start with, we're gonna have two sites welcoming people on a Sunday morning and so I think for us the value of being involved and playing our part and sharing all the gifts that we as a church have been given to be the church is ticks that box in a big way for us and so there's lots of reasons those are just four that I wanted to share with you and now for the wonderful nitty-gritty detail the wonderful meads are going to come
2: Okay, yeah. So we've been looking at the kind of the why and our story so far, and Matt and I's job just to finish this evening is just to go over some of the details, answer some of the what and the hows, those questions that you've got. At the end of the service, we've made these brochures to give to each of you, so don't leave tonight without taking one of these. We've tried to, uh, we spoke to a few kind of different small groups and said, what questions do you have about multi-site? And We were really annoying because we're not going to answer them now, but what questions do you have? And then we've gone away and we've come up with this, and we've tried to put as much detail as we think you'll find helpful in there. So do take one of these home with you this evening. Um, But we wanted now just to take a chance just to, just to answer some of those and in some way start to kind of give you some detail of what, what it 's going to look like. Um, so yeah, here are some of the questions we thought you might have okay.
3: So the first question that a lot of people seem to be thinking about is what 's actually going to happen and when is it going to happen? So this all kicks in in September, so we 've done lots of planning already and the preparation continues over the next few months and into the summer. And in September, what will happen is we will launch our next site. So this site here, at the gate, will become Cardiff Central. Um, so you are sitting in Cardiff Central right now. And Ooh. in September, we, indeed, <laughs> um, we will have Cardiff North, which will launch. Um, the dates for this are on the 16th of September. Um, that will be actually our 10th birthday party as a, as a church. So a great chance to celebrate. And at the same time, it will also be a commissioning service, so where we will commission these sites and the leaders to to go. And then on the 23rd of September, there will be three services. There will be two services here in Cardiff Central, one in the morning, one in the evening, just like tonight, and there will be a morning service up in Cardiff North.
2: Exciting. So the next question: who is gonna leave who's gonna lead these sites and what is Jen and James's role gonna be? So Jen and James, our senior pastors, um, they will still be our senior pastors, if you'll be pleased to know. And um, they're gonna to continue to lead the church and they're gonna spend their time between both sites as the as the second site starts in Cardiff North. Um, that means there'll be weeks where they're not here because they're up at Cardiff North, in Cardiff North, and then there'll be weeks where they're here, and not in Cardiff North, because they're here, if that makes sense. And of course there'll be a few weeks when you're on your private jet off to the Bahamas, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not maybe camping in West Wales. But anyway, um, more like it. Am I, am I right? The reality. Yes. Um, and so, and they will continue to so lead the church. They're going to continue to oversee the, the, um, the sites, um, lead the site pastors of those sites, oversee the staff team, and set the vision and values for the church. So they will still be in the kind of overall leadership role of the church. Um, in terms of who's going to lead the site, so in the north, many of you will know that Ian and Sophie Douglas will be the site pastors of Cardiff North. <laughs> Um, and then we're pleased to let you know that Matt and I will be the um, will be the site passers for Cardiff Central. There we go. Oh yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, And uh, it's kind of a relief, thank you. Um, And we're going to continue, um, as Matt said, in the morning we'll have our morning service and evening service in the evening, as as would make sense. Um, And we all take a lead particularly with the morning, and we're going to be working with Paul Critchley who will be taking a bit of a lead with the evening service. Oh, yes, very exciting. They like you too, Paul, it's all right. Yes, so that's that's that
3: question, Matthew Meads. Okay, so the next question is, a lot of people have been wondering: are the services going to change, are they looking any different, and they might have specific questions if you've got kids or youth, so basically the thing to to know is that the services basically remain really similar whether it's here or up in Cardiff North so it will have the same values and the same kind of DNA in our services and that's doesn't matter which site you're in. Um, the preaching program will remain really similar. James will be preaching at uh, both sites and so will Jen, supported by other members of the team, the site pastors and other members of, of the staff team and so on. Um, our worship, again, Paul Critchley remains our worship pastor. He will coordinate the worship teams at both sites and, and throughout all the services, it will have the same values and the same desire to, for intimacy with Jesus, to really pursue the presence of God. Nothing will change there. Uh, and just the, the format of our services will stay the same as well, wherever you are. So we'll have some worship, we'll have um, a talk, a sermon, we'll have time in ministry. Where we really push in in prayer and, and minister to each other. So nothing changes in that sense. And a key question is that we have been asked is yes, there will be donuts still here and in Cardiff North.
2: You'd not believe how many people asked us about the donuts. <laughs> that seems to be the number one question. There will be donuts. It's true. <laughs>
3: These focus groups were very focused on donuts.
2: Um, need <laughs> to got, know where everyone's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: If you've got um, children in this church, um, as you know, we are so passionate about seeing our young people um, come to know Jesus, to pursue Jesus with their lives. And, yeah, we just that doesn't change at all. So the kids team, uh, Vineyard Kids, led by Alison and Damien Fletcher and Dave Kemp, that stays the same. They will kind of centrally coordinate our kids' church groups, um, both here at Charter Central and in the north. They'll be the same groups, uh, Cresh and little ki- uh, mini kids and big kids and and youth that all stays that will be in both Cardiff of central and uh, in card of north and if you're you've got uh, someone who's in youth or you are part of the youth here then again that continues there'll be youth in Cardiff north youth here in Cardiff central and the icn youth gathering that happens on a tuesday night will continue as well so yeah basically both sites. we're just going to be committed to seeing our young people as excited about a church as we are
2: Okay, so as we've been talking about, we're going to still be one church, but with multiple locations around the city. Um, And I suppose the question is, well, how will we still feel like one church? And how is this different to a church plant? How is being multi-site different to a church plant, a few of you asked us. And it is important to say from the outset, this isn't a church plant. We're not planting a church in Cardiff North. That is not allowed. If we need a swear box up here for every time someone <laughs> says the word planting it, no. Um, we are launching a site. And we think that's really important because a church plant is its own separate thing. You know, we've done a church plant this year. We planted a church into Falmouth in Cornwall. Nathan and Ruth Gilbert um, planted in the new year down into Falmouth. And, um, and what happens with it when, when a church plants is it takes its own kind of, it has its own DNA, its own vision, its own leadership, um, and, and kind of starts again. But we are not doing that. We are staying as one church with, with the, the same leadership, the same DNA across the sites. Um, um, and but of course, it is worth saying, you know, it, it will feel different to how we do church at the moment. You know, some of you will have friends that go to Cardiff North, and you're like, oh, I don't see them as much anymore. Maybe for those of you that have kids, you know, you might have kids who are in a certain group with some kids now, and they're their friends, and then suddenly they've gone to a different site, and you're like, oh, that's sad, that's difficult for them. We do recognise that there is a cost, um, but as we've been talking this evening, we feel like that cost is worth it. We recognise that there is always a cost to the kingdom. That cost is always there. And so, you know, we're not standing here saying change is always easy. We know it can be difficult. We know for some of you, you're like, oh, I'm not sure how I feel about change. But we think it's really important. And we believe that this is what God's calling us to. So we are stepping into this in obedience, knowing that there is a cost. Of course there's a cost. But we think it is worth it. But we will still come back together as a whole church. There will be times in the year there's going to be Kingdom Pursuit um, and also other times in the year where we come back as a whole church and say, hey, let's share stories of what God is doing across the sites. Um, So our values will stay the same, our DNA. So much of what we do as a church will also remain centralised still. Some of you will have uh, uh, been out to Splott where we've got our um, Cardiff uh, Vineyard Centre, CVC. That's like our midweek venue. And that's going to stay our central venue. And we'll continue to do training there. We'll have our staff team. We'll all work upstairs there still. That will remain. We're also going to keep our finances, admin, operations, all of that stuff will stay centralised. uh, Jen mentioned our Compassion Ministry, Restore, that does projects like um, Grow Baby, Storehouse, uh, Blend, projects like that. They, that will also stay centralised um, and will run, it run, mainly runs out of, of CBC. And, but we do think, as Jen mentioned, you know that as sites develop, they are best placed to say, do you know what, in this community, this is the need. These, this is what people could do within this comu- uh, in this community. So we think as sites develop, they will adopt their own Restore projects, particular to that area of Cardiff, which we're really excited about. But generally, as a whole, Restore, or will stay centralized and will be run centrally. Um, small groups I love small groups, and they will remain centralised as well. We're going to continue to organise those centrally. And, uh, you know, as is the case with our small groups now, you can go to whatever small group you want to go to. You can do, just sign up and go wherever you want. Um, It's been the case with Cardiff North, and I think will be the case as we um, start new sites around the city, will be that we kind of start as small groups, as on the build-up to launching a site, people meet as small groups in that local area. So we think, as there'll be community groups almost linked to a site, and we think probably if you're part, especially if you're part of a new site, It makes sense to be part of those community groups. But the choice is up to you. Really, you can do whatever you want. and our small groups will continue to look the same with lots of different kinds of groups. And we'll carry on communicating with you as one church. You know, we'll have one website, our social media um, accounts and stuff will stay centralised. Um, our newcomers' resources will look the same across the sites, and we'll continue to kind of process our newcomers' information kind of centrally. We'll make sure we share stories as well of what each site is up to, share stories of kind of courage, acts of courage. We'll continue to share across the sites through our kind of email, social media, and on Sundays as well, so that we f- still feel like we are kind of going on this journey, this adventure together as well one church Um, and so kind of all these different things will will help us feel like we are still one church but with multiple locations one church but suddenly with a reach across the city into communities that we're just not part of at the moment and making sure that we still have space for those yet to come yeah
3: okay another question that people have been asking is what about future sites obviously from september we're going from one to two sites but there will be more um, so the priority for the next year or so up to next summer will be about getting Cardiff North up and running and thriving. We really want to see that flourish, and also exactly the same here in, in Cardiff central and um, But by next summer by July of two thousand and nineteen we 're going to spend the time to make sure that we 've identified um, a future site or maybe sites and the potential leaders for that um, so we don 't know where we don 't know exactly when and we don't know who will potentially go with that but we do know there'll be there'll be more sites in the future and this is just part of if you've been in this church for a while you'll know that we talk a lot about what God's calling us to is to to restore the city and to renew the nation for us restoring the city we feel that God's given us the vehicle to do that by launching sites across the city so there will be more sites to come and obviously we'll keep you in the loop as, as things develop on that. And also to say that we will, you know, in, our, in our vision to see the, the nation restored as well, it's very likely that we will send out church plants as well. A bit like we sent one to Falmouth, like Alice has already said earlier in the year, it's possible that we'll be sending out um, fully-fledged church plants as well. But this is kind of a separate, a separate thing to what we're talking about tonight. This is just about launching sites into Cardiff.
2: Great, okay. And so we started to think, we we kind of, you know, as Matt and I were preparing this, hopefully we've answered some of the questions. There's loads more in here. But as we were kind of preparing, we thought, actually, we feel like there's a few questions for us as a church to answer. So we've kind of answered a few, but we feel like we'd kind of almost want to hand over to us as a whole church and give you a few questions this evening to go away thinking about. Um, Because um, as we've been talking about, this isn't a vision just for kind of us as as the leadership team. We want um, us as a whole church to go on this adventure together. So we think there's a few questions for you to think through. So the first one is, where will you go? Where will you go? You know, you'll need to decide which site you want to be a part of. We think it makes sense. If you live um, near North, uh, in the north of Cardiff or north of Cardiff, and you know we think we're kind of yet to confirm the venue, but we think probably be around Lanisha in that area, in the north of Cardiff. If you live nearer there, we think it makes sense for you to go to that site and we'd strongly recommend you think about going on that journey and going and being part of the launch um, into that site in September. We want to send a whole load of people. We don't want five people to go. We don't think there's five people going. We think there's loads of people going. I'm really excited about that. Um, this term, um, Sophie and Ian are running a launch team that. A meeting together, there's 30, 40 people I think meeting. Um, 50, oh gosh. Please, some people stay here, right? Okay, <laughs> everyone <laughs> is going north. <sighs> um, just Matt and I are here in a few weeks' time. Anyway, so, but over this term, the they will have the donuts. Yeah, we'll have the Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so. This, ter- uh, this term is going to be that kind of build-up to September. So if you haven't got involved in that yet and you think, actually, I think we, we think we might be going to Cardiff North, then don't you know, get involved now. Um, don't wait till September, although you can wait till September, but why not get involved now? Chat to Ian, he's here this evening, I'll be hanging around. Come and chat to him. If you've not had that conversation yet and you live in the north of the city or you live north of the city and you think, actually, I think Lanishin would be nearer than the gate, then think about going there. Um, Having said this, the choice is totally up to you. It is totally up to you which site you go to. That is absolutely fine. And um, you can choose to go between the sites. So I think we think, oh, we we want people to feel like they are part of one of these sites, one of these communities, because we think that's the place that you will kind of bed in, be part of that family. Um, So we would kind of, whilst you can go between, we think probably our advice would be pick one and stick with one. Now, if you don't live near the north, if you're not in the north, if you don't live north of Cardiff, then it probably makes sense for you to carry on coming here. And we just want you to know we are as excited about seeing this site here, Cardiff Central at the gate, we are just as excited about seeing this place thrive and grow. We want to continue to be a community that has its doors open to anyone and everyone that would join us, whether in our morning or evening service. Uh, Those services will continue, they'll continue to have their own distinct look and feel between them. We are excited, we feel like this is a new chapter for us here with this site here, and we are in that process of journeying, being like, Lord, what have you got? what's the next chapter here? You know, we're not going to be the ones just left behind. We are excited about all that the Lord wants to do through us here in Cardiff Central. Um, And we are excited about that. Um, Yeah, so that's, the choice is up to you. Nothing needs.
3: Okay, so, second question for you is how can you play your part? So, um, Going and becoming a multi-site church is an amazing opportunity for more people to get more involved. And it might be that you've been in this church for a while and kind of feel a little bit on the sidelines, or you've been thinking, kind of, I'd like to step up, I'd like to do a bit more. Maybe you feel a bit of a passenger at the moment, and you're thinking, how can I, how can I contribute? Well, this is definitely the time. So right now, it might be that you're not part of a team, and this would be the time to join a team. It might be that you are currently on a team, Well, this might be the time for you to step up and actually lead a team. Just what we're going to be doing over the next few months is we're going to be establishing even more teams. All the teams that we currently have will continue, but we'll need all those teams, things like setup, host team, refreshments, and so on. All of those we'll also need in Cardiff North. And people who do it here at the moment may leave to go to Cardiff North, so we'll need people to step in here and, and replace them here in, in Cardiff Central. So this is the chance to get more involved. And also, as we go to a multi-site church, the temptation might be to think, oh, this, the staff team will get lots of, you know, do lots of planning and coordinate it and sort it all out. But actually this is the time this isn't just a vision and a kind of a plan for the leaders of the church or the team leaders. This is a time for everyone to to kind of um, buy in and step in and step up to, to, to play their part.
2: Yeah, just kind of to add, we um, have had a few chats with people that have been new to the church, and they are like, we've come on a Sunday, but we didn't know how we could get involved. I mean, it just looks so polished. We're like, really? Are you joking? <laughs> and actually, um, but we do recognise as the church gets bigger, you just turn up, and you just, to kind, of, you just kind of consume, and then you go. We recognise that it's actually really hard to know, how do I even fit with this? People don't know my name. How do I, watch? what's my role? And one of the things we are so excited about in going multi-site is that chance for people to get stuck in, and to release that kind of vision, and dreams, and leadership over this city so we're really excited we can really see how there's a great chance for everyone here to play their part our last question is are you ready are you in you know as we said you know the vision is for all of us to own we want this evening It's kind of our first step um, towards kind of um uh, we feel like for all of us to start to go on this adventure on this journey um you know and um This vision, I think, is for all of us to own. I said, you know, I've said, we recognise that change can be difficult, that it can be hard, Um, and we recognise that there is a cost. Um, You know, in launching a site, as I said, you know, you might not see some people um, as much anymore which you might think is a good thing. (laughs) Like, phew, never (laughs) see them again. Um, But you know, we think the cost is worth it. We think it is worth it, as I've said. And we want to see more people come to know Jesus in this city, don't we? We don't want to settle. We don't want to say, Jesus, this is it. This is the the full extent of what you have for Cardiff Winyard. No, we know that he's calling us on to bigger things, that he's asking us to, you know, pick up our cross and follow him and go forward in this next season of multi-site. And we as a leadership team are here saying, we will do this whatever the cost. But the invitation this evening is, are you with us? Are you willing to join us? And step forward in this next chapter, this next season that God has for us here at Cardiff Vineyard. You know, as, we've, as Jen said, you know, as we've asked God, you know, what is your heart for this church? How can we restore this city? We have felt him say, you know, multiply yourselves into sites across this city. And we are so excited about this next chapter. We think it is totally worth it. And we would love this evening just to invite you to think about what, the, what part you can play. And we would love to invite you to be join us in this, next start, in this next step of the adventure. Should we stand? I'd love to pray.